how do you explain the valuation of Amazon? Because folks, if you're a retail investor like we are, you're in a heck of a darn spot. Because if you miss this rally, you think to yourself, well, now it's overvalued. Do I buy it? And if I do, am I just setting myself up for failure? Because it's just as possible. This is the tech bubble of 2001. However, in this environment, you have to ask yourself, maybe it is in 2001, and maybe there is no limit to how high a stock like Amazon can go. Or Apple. Or Facebook. At the end of the day, what is an earnings multiple when earnings multiples don't matter anymore? All that and more on this week's episode of Hardcore Degenerate Business School. It's a Bobby Benilla. You, uh... You uh, crushed it on Facebook this week, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you would think so, but the options didn't move as much as I would have liked them to. But oftentimes there's a lag in the way they react. Um, but I'm I'm still feeling good about the play. Yeah, it was it was Philip Morris week, so I I don't know what. Did you guys watch any of the uh, congressional testimony? I did. I saw the highlights. Well, first of all, it, it didn't have it didn't have the sense of drama because they were all on Webex, wearing suits in their offices from afar, and true to form, my my favorite part was Jeff Bezos when he, with his five minute monologue just talked about how he was the greatest man on earth because his his mom had him when she was in high school. That was pretty cool. Just just as a piece of theater for Bezos. Yeah, like, I was I was, I was kind of hoping at least one of them would say like, "Hey, I'm not running a charity here. Like, what do you want from me?" <laughs> you, you wanted a harder line. Yeah, like these guys just show up, they take their beating and they walk away. Like, no, that you you wanted you wanted Zuckerberg to stand up, wearing nothing but a T-shirt, and say, "I won't apologize. I am the <laughs> Philip Morris of today." Just embrace it. Embrace <laughs> it. I won't apologize for greatness, like Michael Jordan, and then start crying because you're so overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah. Or 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 even or even Charles Barkley. I'm not I'm not a role model. <laughs> I'm I'm getting paid to make money. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into the the earnings in a second, which were fantastic for the monopolies. I mean, what from what I read of of everything coming out of it, it's completely meaningless, right? From practical consequences for for, for potential regulatory intervention, it was a total nothing burger, right? All it was was congressional theater for people trying to straw poll their way into re-election in November, right? 
other than that, nothing nothing really meaningful about it. Yeah, there's all that politics of uh, Twitter censoring Trump Jr. Yeah. And there's nothing to do with anything. And uh, and then I guess there was like Zuck talking about how bad is how I guess they're all kind of talking about how bad they're doing. Yeah. But you know, like we're second place in this. We're not really the market leaders here. Zucker, Zuckerberg's <laughs> opening statement was essentially like, "Listen, listen, I'm not a monopoly. Have you seen TikTok? We're screwed." <laughs> That's basically what Zuckerberg said. You know, it was also yeah. interesting yeah. how. I, I think it also illustrates how bad at theater the Democrats are. Because, like, whenever they... B- before the Q&A, but when they were, like, teeing it up, it was just a very dry clinical layout of, hey, the reason we're doing this and the reason why these companies are monopolies is because of X, Y, and Z. And back a 100 years ago with the railroads, blah 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 bloop and then they get to the first Republican congressman, who I think was Jim Jordan from Ohio, and he was like, Twitter is evil! Twitter's trying to control our free speech! And it just shows you how much better Republicans are at politics, basically. So there you go. I, I, I just thought it was, it was arranged in such a way that... I don't know, I felt like a little schizophrenic, like one second there's a fucking circle jerk happening about you guys are great... <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden they're getting you know whipped again. Like, there's no order to any of this. Well, but J- great J- theater nonetheless. Yeah, Jameis, I um, I I actually th- it just makes me think of Andy Yang, and I wish Andy Yang had a chance to be president, because when he says that Congress people are so Ill- ill-equipped to actually like think through solutions to the problem of tech destroying our lives slowly and destroying our children he's totally right Co- the congress people have no chance to actually control this thing yeah it's the the old guy crowd just not they're yeah they just don't understand technology it's just it's what it is i mean if you think about like the founding fathers are all they're all in their 20s and 40s i think when they when they wrote the constitution it's like we have a we have a country run by old guys that just aren't innovative at all yeah and, what the problem is who are robbing our generation of of wealth by inflating asset prices in the market and making amazon unaffordable yep (laughs) i'm still upset all right so let's let's get into let's let's get into the markets now you should get yourself one of those robin hood accounts by like five dollars at a time (laughs) well i mean this week for me was just another dick slap in the face of, and sorrow and, and crocodile tears of having sold sold out of all of my tech positions and still just being too emotional to buy back in, and yet again today, just another fucking victory lap for all but Google, right? Really, Google's the Google and Netflix were the only ones that didn't absolutely dunk on earnings season. So, I mean. This is just consummating the dominance of the tech monopolies. Great week for tech. You take the congressional hearings and the earnings calls into account. It's never been better. Yeah, they're sitting pretty. Yeah, I was just blown away by Amazon's revenue growth. Like, they weren't making enough money already. <laughs> I knew they were going to kill it, but good lord. Yeah. I think, like, their Q2 beat their Q4, I think, last year. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and is 
I mean, I wasn't paying close attention uh, attention to the actual earnings because it's too emotional for me. But uh, was the was the revenue growth just like crushing on deliveries during COVID? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And Robert, what what was the story with Facebook? They're just their engagement is through the roof. No, well, yes, but also uh, all those all those uh, protests about we're not going to advertise on Facebook did not matter at all. Yeah, because their their advertisers are in the eight million range. So one of them drops off, you got seven million ready to take their spot. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So it's sort of, sort of, again, sort of hilarious that the uh, the congressional hearing was literally the day before all these guys just like shadow all over everybody else. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. So the boycott was completely meaningless, which makes sense actually. Yeah. So, um, James, you. You know, again, it, it's hard to buy back into tech right now if you got out like I did. But do you think do you think it makes sense at all to bake regulatory risk into the pie if you are are a shareholder of these tech monopolies? Yes, you're looking forward to the election, and if Democrats take over both the House and the Senate and the presidency, then yeah, you might be somewhat concerned, but. That that's like low likelihood of happening. Yeah, it would have to be like Lizzie Warren became president for it to to really ha- have some heft behind it. Yeah, and even then, it's a, it's an uphill battle. So yeah, very unlikely. Well, like the other thing is, although although it's unlikely historically, when things do get broken up, it generally bodes well for the individual uh, companies. So if you think that each of these companies is overvalued as it is, the the individual uh, components that make up those companies could very easily be inflated as well. So the the news headline could drive stock prices down, but in the long run, if you hold something and then you hold the two the two components after a split, you generally do well. Yeah, I think that probably. If you think about a company like Amazon, if, for instance, they decoupled web services, web services would have a would would have a dope ass valuation and would be very successful. But I don't know if you if there was some way you could conceivably break up search, maybe that would be bad for the individual companies that came out of it potentially. I don't know. But yeah, I, think, I, guess I think you're right, Robert. I think you're right. What was that? I think you're right. Your take is right. If you're a shareholder and they get broken up, you just get a pro rata share of the broken up companies, and they're probably all successful anyway. Yeah. You know, in the short term, immediate term, you you suffer because the headline is problematic, but in the long run, you generally you're okay. Yeah. So. In other news, uh, the oil industry will just die. It's just dying. So buying ExxonMobil is a bad move by me. Uh, is, that the, is that the only thing you held on to after you sold everything? 
No, no, no. I, I, I sold literally everything, and then I bought I bought back into a bunch of different shit at super small values, and Exxon Mobil is one of those. I'm like, well, it's really cheap. And I bought like Delta. They've been shitting. What? When will I ever learn, Robert? God damn it! Should just buy and hold. Value trap. But you know, doesn't Exxon pay like an eight percent dividend? And if it went down as now, it's like what nine percent? Yeah. <laughs> or so. Yeah, you know, at least at least they won't cut their dividend, so you'll get that. I would I would say this to you, Greg. If you buy anything, you can buy in lots of a hundred shares, and then while you wait for it to go up, the sell calls against it. Yeah. You sell calls at you sell calls at a strike price that you don't think it's going to get to, and you just collect the premium. Yeah, I'm gonna start. Like, I'm gonna start setting up WebEx sessions with you, Robert. We can go over uh, media mix modeling and call hedges. We can, we'll set we'll set up a, a weekly touch base. I, I I think you would benefit a lot from at the very least selling covered calls. Mm-hmm. There's no risk in that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't like if you take a step back. If buy and hold is your strategy, even even now, when tech is at historic highs, does it what at at this point I just can't bring myself to buy back into tech. But then I made that argument to myself like a month ago and look at where we are now. How are you thinking about this, James? Or you're just you're just going with the the uh, unheralded tech strategy that you've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, I should have I should have gotten a Pinterest today. <laughs> like what, 30%? <laughs> and Etsy's killing it, but I, I didn't get into the, the, the girly tech names. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, yeah, dabbled in, in, in like, you know, 50, I'm like in the 50 billion, tri- 50 billion and under club as far as like what I'd buy. <laughs> I'm not in the trillion club yet, you, but you uh, have I don't... have a valuation cut off? You just have a yeah, valuation cut yeah. off? yeah. Yeah, so so I get the the upside, but you, you know, like to play like earnings calls, that might be the way to go because I don't feel bad, you know. If I even though I sold Amazon at you know eighteen hundred, I, I wouldn't mind playing in earnings. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think that that would make me feel better, or like more like yeah, selling um, selling puts or doing stuff like that. The one thing I'm glad I didn't do, which was which listen, it was a courageous move, but. When Victor and I sold out of SPXS, and then, you know, this was like, there was one Friday, this was, you know, after the rally, essentially, there was a really good jobs report, and the market, like, had a pop on a Friday, and we were both just like, Thelma and Louise, fuck it, let's get out of this thing, and then two weeks later, Victor came back to the trough, he's like, well, it's definitely gonna go down now, and I, I think, I think he's eating crow on SPXS version two. <laughs> And and I remember I asked Robert at the time, so thank you, Robert. I was like, Robert, isn't this the perfect time to get into SPXS? And you were just like, well, you know, just because the market's overbought doesn't mean it can't stay overbought. And here we are. The oracle, the blind oracle strikes again. So good job by you, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. So what, what else are you looking at, Bobby Noons? Uh, not a lot, actually. Um, 
I, I told you guys last week that I thought this week was going to be a down week. And, uh, yeah, the action I'm seeing in the options market does not look great. I'm, I'm feeling good about all the positions that I hold. So Facebook, I'm still holding. AU, Y, still holding. Oh, I didn't get into Insego. Not exactly sure what that is, but um, I... I bought, uh, sure oh, I bought the stock. On Sorry, it's, it, it's a lot, and I, you know, it's hard to keep track of. But, um, yeah, still about 60% in cash, so not a lot, not a lot catches my attention at the moment. Yeah. James, how are fans? I do think, I do are... think I'll be out of gold in the coming week, though. You're going to get out of gold in a week, you think? I think so, yeah. James, how are Fan and Tan doing? I haven't looked this week. They're doing well. They're holding up. Um, they're probably one of the better performers out of my uh, my portfolio. But I've had I've had a bad week uh, as far as my buy and holds. So yeah, yeah. Me, me, you and me Tan. both because we because we listen only to each other. Well, I just listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, the genomic stuff it has 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 taken a leg leg down. But I might but, I might my position. But yeah. But hey, hey. Listen, the genomics thing, it's, I mean, I don't want to say it's low probability. I feel like it's a better than low probability, but high reward. The volatility, near-term volatility will not bother me. I'm not going to let it bother me. Yeah, they just got to have, like, a couple breakthroughs and, yeah, through the roof. But, you know, wait, don't mind there. Wait, isn't that, isn't that somehow tied to the success of a vaccine just because... We're cutting the timeline in by what is it, eighty percent? Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope it, there is there is that mRNA DNA kind of related, and it's a uh, it's it, it's all gonna get the attention of the hedge funds, and they might they might start pouring more money into it. Having said that, like, do you think the rally in, in uh, biotech is over? It's definitely taking a breather, but uh, I don't think it's over. Yeah, it's we're, we're letting it breathe, Robert. But the day that they announce that they can edit your genome to allow you to jump as high as LeBron James is the minute James and I retire. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been I've been eyeing uh, the triple average biotech LABU, but. I don't know if I just missed the run entirely in biotech. And mind you, when I'm buying these triple average ETFs, those are just things that I forget about. And it's one of the few things where I buy the, the ETF outright. So I buy it, leave it, and if it does something great, if it doesn't, whatever. So I've been eyeing the biotech one, but... To be honest, it just, it just feels with biotech that, like, this is this is the, uh, the arc the arc, uh, argument PS de resistance, which is the innovation curve like bleeds before the valuation curve fo- follows. And if in the arc of human history where you, we've used technology so far to deliver paper towels to our door in two days and uh, feed ourselves news over Facebook and look at Instagram, eventually we'll apply all this technologi- technological learning to genomics 
you know, we're just not there yet. So don't give up on biotech, Bobby. No, but but here's here's the problem, right? While I I believe that you know, as a capitalist, it is your job to try to make as much money as you can. If AstraZeneca comes out and says, "Yeah, we found a COVID vaccine and it just it gets rid of it forever, but it costs a billion dollars a dose," like the uproar of somebody having the audacity to make money on this it is going to be akin to uh, you know Mark and Jeff getting shot on on Capitol Hill. Like it's not going to go well, and I don't know that it bodes well for their market caps. Yeah, yeah, it could be a rough ride in the in the next five years, but I think the the orthodoxy you have to believe is that drug companies are biased to what has made them successful in the past, which is just drug therapies, and they actually like they might have R and D and gene editing and genomic mumbo jumbo, but they're gonna get crushed by one of these like dedicated genomic companies. Once it becomes apparent that gene therapies are better than pills. You'll see. And in 10 years when I'm living on your couch, you can tell me, I told you biotech was a mistake. And I'll be like, fuck you, Robert. Did you get well, both? No, mind you, mind you I, I, over, over the last, what is it, five or six years, I have made a substantial amount of money on biotech, but it's, it's always in, in short-term spurts. Again, I like betting on your grandpa's type of companies. Those are great. Uh-huh. But when I'm considering buying a triple leverage ETF and forgetting about it, it scares me a little. Yeah. But, it's been, it's, 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 it, but with Nail, it's been one of your greatest coups, I think. It's holding strong. That one, that one was a good pick. Set it and forget it. Yeah, you might as well buy, buy like the long dated call, and then your downsides capped. But on on uh, the biotech, yeah, or just buy the regular ETF. This is more volume probably, and then just let it ride. <laughs> Got it. Well, let me let me just check real quick what the uh, long dated call is doing on LABU. 54. Yeah, that's what I was. A long time ago, I was reading Noam Chomsky, but he's given an interview on uh, how uh, the biotech revolution is going to be like the revolution after the. Uh, the, the we're right now we're in the information age. So yeah. the next age is like the, the gene revolution where you can um, form the organism and control, control how life is. 100%. Yeah. So that's, you know, all the innovation of the information age will be nothing compared to the bio age. The or, gene age. Or, like, yeah, in terms of, like, how it transforms our human selves, for sure. Meanwhile, yeah. we'll all be addicted to Instagram while getting gene editing for jumping ability, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think that means for people who are actually gifted with good genes if you can make them better what does lebron look like with some uh oh that's interesting a better hairline and uh up points is taller well i always imagine if i always imagine 
imagine it being like Gattaca. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh yeah, Ethan Hawke. Where it's basically like, you decide you're having a child, and you have multiple embryos, and they, they basically give you a menu of options. They're like, would you like green eyes or brown eyes? Or do you want bald or hair? Uh, I mean, uh, that's not a choice. I mean, they would just assume you wanted hair. That would have to be an opt-out. It'd be like, do you want, like, tall? Or it probably has to be within your Punnett square. But you want tall or not tall? Obviously tall. So so they just, they basically show you, like, the optimal version. And then if you want to screw your kid over a little bit, you just, you opt them out of things. That's right. But... So everyone will be, everyone with, here's, here's what will change potentially is everyone who has, this is America, right? So, uh, and, and capitalism, which is poor people always lose out. So I actually think for people who have the means, you could gene edit your way into like optimizing your offspring to be as tall, athletic, good looking and smart as possible. Like you just optimize everything to the right. And, uh, you know, edit out, like, propensity for disease and all that stuff, which is really important. It'll actually, like, make rich people much more likely to get into professional athletics and poor people as less likely or as likely as they are today. Just like with anything in America. Or global society, arguably. But in, in this situation, we are screwed. It's just a matter of our children being better off. Yes, exactly. Oh, the best we can hope for is having like bionic arms or something, and maybe and maybe gene therapy for hair growth. Huh? But, we'll still, but our torsos will be incredibly overweight. <laughs> That's what it'll be like. Might be worth it. <laughs> I Might want it. <laughs> but yeah, good movie, Robert. I know you don't watch movies, but Gattaca, it's a good one. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. As always. Yeah. See you next week. Bye.